What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Nerdly Informant. Everyone is a nerd about something. We delve into the topics we nerd out about the most, like Star Wars, Disney, Harry Potter, and so much more. We are Olivia Matthews, Jackie Murphy, and Shannon Dwyer. Today's Natwa is... Jackie! It's sort of a comedy. <laughs> I saw your face fair. and it made me stop. <laughs> it's, it's definitely sort of a combo. Shannon is, is going to go over some of the overview of things, and I'm focusing in on one person. So, Shannon, you want to take us away? Yes. Our topic for today is Hunger Games. One of the tri- trilogies? Yeah, trilogies. <laughs> Many of us enjoy, love. I love it. You love it. You love it. We love. Jackie likes the books. <laughs> yeah, and I have to be that freaking person, but the books are ten times better than the they movies. Are ten I times was better. up until the third one, the movies were really good. The movies are good, no matter what you say if it doesn't follow the books or not. The movies are still good for what they are. Yes, it was just at that time for me it was the most accurate book to movie that I'd ever seen and then yes. I feel like the third one came in and I understand why they did what they did but that doesn't mean I forgive them for it. Alright, we can get, get that. Get okay. that. So I'm basically just going to give you guys an overview of the three books movies um, and kind of what four. there's four movies. Three books, four movies. Thank you. <laughs> Just what even the story is, so that way when Jackie delves into information on her character of choice, you're not like, what the fuck's going on? So, here we go. Exactly. (laughs) The Hunger Games trilogy is a young adult science fiction thriller series. In The Hunger Games, the story's narrator, Katniss Everdeen, wakes up on the day of the reaping when the tributes are chosen who will take part in The Hunger Games. Her mother and little sister, Prim, sleep nearby. Her father died in a mine explosion years earlier. She goes hunting in the woods outside of District 12 with Gail, her best friend. That night at the reaping ceremony, the mayor gives a speech using how the governments of North America collapsed and the country of Pan Am rose up to their place. A war ensued between the capital and the districts. The capital won. And as a reminder of their defeat, the capital holds the Hunger Games every year. The mayor then introduces Hamish Abernathy, District 12's only living Hunger Games winner, and he is so drunk he ends up falling in his own vomit. The district's female tribute is chosen, and to Katniss's horror, it's Prim, her little sister. Katniss volunteers immediately in Prim's place. Then the male tribute is selected. It's Peta, Peta Mellard. And Katniss remembers how years earlier, while searching for food for her family in the garbage bins behind the town shops, Peter gave her the bread from his family's bakery. Katniss credits him with saving her that day. Katniss and Peta say goodbye to their friends and families and board the train for the capital. During the trip, she and Peta convince Hamish, their mentor in the games, and the person responsible for getting them gifts from sponsors, to take his duties seriously. Now on to <clears throat> Catching Fire. The Hunger Games have passed, and Katniss and Peeta's lives have changed substantially as they are now rich. Katniss returns home from the woods one day to find President Snow waiting for her. He is concerned that any more public defiance of the Capitol by Katniss, like her and Peter's threat of suicide at the end of the Hunger Games. Did you say Peter? Peter? I said Peter. Okay. I I totally thought you said Peter. I'm like, call me out. It's like Peter. It's Peter. It's P. It's fine. Pita, like pita bread, like his family was pita. bread makers. Oh my god, is that on purpose? I would assume so. I don't know why else he would name it pita. Is Mel I mean, having a significant? No. I mean, I feel like because 
It was an old timey name. Yeah, why was Katniss? Why was Katniss named Katniss? It's futuristic. She's cat. She's she's actually named after a. She's named after a plant that her dad liked. Yeah. Yeah. Same with Primrose. Well, that's beautiful. Yeah. Primrose was too. That's after her mother's favorite plant, I think, and then Katniss was her dad's favorite plant. Mm -hmm. Any more public defiance of the Capitol by Katniss, like her and Peter's threat of suicide at the end of the Hunger Games, could spark an uprising in the districts. She has to continue pretending she's in love with Peta or the hurt Gale, Katniss's oldest friend. Katniss tells Haymitch everything that happened, and she realizes that she'll never be able to stop pretending. She'll have to marry Peta. Peta and Katniss, meanwhile, have had a... T- <laughs> meanwhile, check in. <them. laughs> meanwhile, Peta and Katniss have had a tense relationship since Peta found out that Katniss was only pretending to be in love with him during the games. Awkward. They agree to be friends, however, as they embark on their victory tour of the districts, their first stop is District 11, the home district of Rue, the girl Katniss befriended who was ultimately killed during the Hunger Games. An old man in the crowd whistles out a signal that Katniss and Rue use, and everyone in the crowd puts up a gesture of respect used in Katniss's home district 12. Before she is rushed away, Katniss sees a group of peacekeepers execute the old man. And other, yeah, maybe put those down, guys. <laughs> In other districts, Katniss can sense an undercurrent of repressed rage that suggests people are ready to rebel. At the end of the tour, Peta and Katniss plan for Peta to propose during a televised interview to try and appease the Capitol. They do it, but President Snow indicates to Katniss that it's not enough. Later at a feast at President Snow's mansion, Katniss meets Plutarch Heavensby, the new head games maker. He shows her his watch, and when he rubs the face, a mockingjay, like the one on the pen she wears, appears and quickly vanishes. After she returns home, she learns there's been an uprising in District 8. (laughs) (laughs) Hunger Games Book 3, The Mockingjay. Katniss Everdeen has been rescued from the Quarter Quill Arena only to discover that she has become the pawn in someone else's game. Her home, District 12, has been obliterated by the Capitol, and she now lives in District 13. Supposedly destroyed by the Capitol, District 13 is the organizing force of the rebellion. Twelve districts in Pan Am have taken up arms against the cruelty of President Snow and the exploitation of the Capitol. Katniss must now serve as the face of the rebellion, their Mockingjay, or forfeit the lives of her loved ones, her mother, her sister Prim, her friend Gail Hawthorne, and her fellow Hunger Games victor, Peta Mellark. She leverages her power over the rebellion's leader, Alma Coyne, to her advantage. She soon discovers that her efforts will cost her dearly. Peta, an 18-year-old from District 12, had been Katniss's ally in the 74th Annual Hunger Games. Of the 24 tributes, two children from each of Pan Am's 12 districts, only one was supposed to survive and be crowned victor. Peta's love for Katniss had saved them both when they chose to die together rather than kill each other. They had been seconds away from eating poison berries when the game maker intervened and announced them both winners. To avoid the impression that their survival was not an act of rebellion, the pair agreed to stage a public romance. For President Snow, this was preferable to an all-out war. However, Katniss was unable to convince Snow and the districts that she had not set out to inspire a rebellion. The next year, in the quarter quell, Peta and Katniss were sent back into the arena, along with past victors from other districts. When Katniss and her allies, Finnick Odair, B.T. Latier, were rescued by the rebels, Peta was left behind and fell into the hands of the capital. By the time Peta is rescued from the capital, his memory of her has been twisted so violently that he is a threat to her life. 
Katniss fears that the love he had for her is gone forever. Katniss finds purpose in her role as the Mockingjay, but she chafes under the scrutiny and control of rebellion leader Coyne, former game maker Plutarch Heavensby, and her mentor, Hamish Abernathy. Katniss seeks comfort with her friend Gail. She is troubled, however, by his enthusiasm for the war and he, his and BT's inventiveness in creating new death traps for their enemies. Katniss's affection is divided between Pita and Gail, and she knows she will one day have to choose one of them or risk losing them both. Unable to choose, she asks to be sent into action and hopes she can be useful to the rebels as more than just a symbol. And that's the synopsis, summary, back of the books, whatever you want to call it, of The Hunger Games. And we're done! I'm just kidding, we're not done. (laughs) That was very good. (laughs) Very detailed. Kind of a lot of information, but, you know, it's three books, so (laughs) had to to be a lot to help summarize. So one of the most prominent characters in the entire series is none other than Hamish Abernathy. He is my character for the day. I think he's by far one of the best characters in the entire book. He's there through everything, and he has to make a lot of the hard decisions along the way. So, fun stuff about Hamish, just a little background. Um, in the book, he's described as a paunchy, middle-aged man with dark hair and gray eyes, whereas in the movie, he has blonde hair and blue eyes, so it's very different, but still the same character. He does a really good job of playing the whole thing. So, as far as his history is concerned, Hamish Abernathy is from District 12, where he has lived his entire life. There's actually no history as far as his childhood goes. Hmm. There's literally nothing prior to him as, as of the age of 16. I don't know what his hmm. parents did. I don't know where he came from, where exactly he lived within District 12, but that's where he's from. So he actually won the second quarter quell, which was the 50th Hunger Games. So on the 50th anniversary, they did the, the quarter quell, which actually doubles the tribute. So he was only 16 years old when he got pulled during the reaping. So in the 50th Hunger Games, it was him and another girl from his from District 12 called Maisley Donner, and there were also two other unnamed people that were male and female who also got reaped, so there's four of them total. During the most thing that he's noted for within those Hunger Games is actually whenever he was interviewed by Caesar, Caesar asked him, uh, so Hamage, what do you think of the games having 100% more competitors than usual? To which Hamage responded, I don't see that it makes much difference. There's still be 100% stupid as usual, so I figure the odds are roughly the same. A lot of people in the Capitol thought that was funny, thought he was spunky, and they're like, oh, that's hilarious, because obviously they're ignorant and they have no idea what he's actually going through in the whole process. True. So his particular Hunger Games, the arena, was stunning. It's filled with all these beautiful flowers. It was just absolutely mesmerizing. So he was actually able to get a backpack and a knife because majority of the other tributes who were there were so stunned by the actual arena that none of them moved. So mm-hmm. he was able to get a backpack and a knife and get out of there. Nice. So that being said, he actually has some very interesting skills. He has exceptional knife skills. He's really good with a blowtorch, which they don't really ever talk about. I think it comes up like one time offhandedly during a conversation with somebody when he's older, but he's really good with the blowtorch. He's very smart. He's very witty. Um, He's a really good liar. He's also incredibly strong. So the way they describe him in the book, like he's just a big dude. Like he can throw things around. He's just, he's huge, big guy. And he's also really handsome, which I thought was funny to list it as a skill. But I guess given the fact that the Capitol has to like you for you to get sponsors, Mm -hmm. that was a huge deal for him. Mm -hmm. So being handsome was a good thing. I put three question marks after it on my notes because I was like, "Eh, how's that a skill? I don't get it. You're pretty (laughs) cool. His negative skills, though, are the fact that he's a drunk, obviously. Um, He also has very low endurance. So 
I mean, if you think about it, I just want to say I would probably be an alcoholic, too. Yeah, and I get there. This, so, yeah. just throwing that out. Yeah, so after what happens to him in the Hunger Games, so what happens is that he spends the majority of his time kind of hiding, staying away from people. He understands that a lot of these careers or these people who are from uh, richer districts, they have more time to train. They actually focus on the Hunger Games as a whole versus, uh, shit, now we're in it. So he actually forms an alliance uh, with Maisley Donner. She, he's actually attacked by three people, two career tribunes, and, um, and the third one as well. And Maisley Donner actually saves him. So she actually kills the third one to actually save him. So he killed two of them. And then Maisley Donner came to save him, killed that person. So they form a really strong, oh, strong alliance. I um, know that. They tend to like run around scavenging. So they steal food from the dead tribune, steal their weapons, those sort of things. Hamish and her both go to the edge of the arena to try and get away from everybody and the last people who are kind of alive. And that's when Hamish discovers that there's a force field. He actually <laughs> tosses a rock because he's mad because Maisley actually decides that she's going to go back. She's going to go back closer to the arena because there's nothing good on the edge. So there's no food there. There's no weapons. Like, we have to get out of here. So I'm going to go back in. And he said, well, no, screw that. Let's just stay here. And she's like, I can't do that. I'm going. So she takes off. And so he's mad. So he actually tosses a rock. And it flies out, hits the force field, and bounces back to him. And he goes, hmm, that's really weird. Whatever. You know, force field. I guess it makes sense. And then all of a sudden, he just hears screaming. And he knows instantly that it's Maisley. So he's got to run and find her. So he goes trucking back. He actually comes up upon her. She's being killed by what they describe as candy, candy pink birds. Um, and they're actually, they actually rip out her trachea. Oh, oh it's graphic. It's super graphic. So it actually rips out her throat. So he actually holds her hand as she dies, much Aww. like Katniss did for Rue, which is a huge yeah. like connection that him and Katniss have towards the end of that. So that was a big deal for him. So after Maisley dies, you know, he's scavenged around <clears throat> trying to just stay alive. He actually comes upon a District 1 Tribune, who are the big like career Tribunes. Like they, they bring out the bigger, the best. They usually win every year. It's a big thing. So they're actually engaging in fighting the whole time. Um, she actually takes an axe and manages to bury it into his abdomen, totally ripping his stomach open, everything falling out. Oh, my. Yeah. And he actually manages to slice her eye out. Oh. So they're both really injured, and Hamish just takes off running towards the edge of the arena before he completely collapses. And then she comes out of nowhere, runs after him, and she attempts to hit him in the head with the axe, but he actually just falls to the ground. So the axe goes flying out of her hand, hits the edge of the force field, comes flying back, hits her in the head, and kills her. So he actually wins. Dang. So he won the second quarter quill. So now that he is the winner, he gets to go on these big parades and do all of that, and then they drop him back at home, and they say, good luck, man. So when, after he got <laughs> home, fun. two weeks after he won, so he wasn't even back home yet to District 12 because he was busy going on his little tour, the president at the time actually had his mother, his brother, and his girlfriend murdered for his stunt with the force field because he didn't play fair according to the rules because he let the force field even though it wasn't something he did intentionally he just literally right. collapsed and bounced back and killed her which made him the winner but there again we're afraid that was going to spark some sort of rebellion mm -hmm. and cause problems and then he begins drinking at that point and completely isolates himself because of all the grief and the guilt that he felt for Maisley and well, his fellow yeah. tributes and the whole mess so he just goes on a downward spiral from there what they do though because they are mad at him the Capitol actually sends a model named Tenzin, who is a female from District 7, to actually replace him as the winner. Mm, so they really? actually end up sending him home after after his mother and brother and girlfriend are all killed. And has her going out saying that she won the whole, that she won the games. That she was the perfect mm. person, she was the model, whatever, but she was the winner of the whole thing. So he was kind of erased 
so to speak. They still kept him alive, but erased. So then he becomes a mentor because after you win the, the Hunger Games, you have to become a mentor for all the other people who are reaped from your district. Mm-hmm. Just wait for you to train them because you've been there before, all of that. So there have only ever been two victors from District 12. It was him and another person whose name um, isn't really mentioned, but he ended up dying long before Hamage um, became victor. So he, he's, he's mentored by himself. So he's the only one to give anybody any sort of advice. All of the tribunes that he has ever had have died. Um, in the 65th games, like these are just the games that they mentioned. In the 65th games, they died super early, both of them. They were taken out within the first couple weeks. The 66th game, he was so drunk and didn't care enough. So they ended up getting no sponsors and they died quickly. But they believe that the reason why they got no sponsor was because their parade costumes were literally just them naked, covered in coal dust. Because District 12 is the coal district. Yes. That's Fascinating a... design choice. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. so they, they literally didn't give a shit and didn't go out there and try wonderful. to talk to people to get them to do cool things for them like they did with Katniss and the rest That's of them. True, yeah. Again, he was drunk all the time. In the 67th, they his tribunes actually died in the first two days. He did not care for the female tribune because of how she reacted in the reaping. She completely lost her shit. She started screaming and crying and freaked out, and he was like, well, this is stupid. We're not even going to bother. So they actually died in the first two days. The 73rd Hunger Games, they were killed really early, but they were both from the Hob, which is like the, the dirty district portion of District 12. It's kind of like a black market. That's where the poor go, that kind of thing. So they were just viewed as savages. So nobody cared to sponsor them because uh, they're just some crazy savages from the middle of nowhere. I mean, these kids probably never had, like, a decent meal in their life. Mm. So getting immediately thrust into this world where they're actually eating food and they're actually seeing things, but they died fairly early within the games. And then the 74th games, which is Katniss and Peeta. These are the only, the, the only tributes that he actually cared about, honestly, because he thought that Katniss was super fierce and that she actually might have a shot. So in the 74th games, he was, again, drunk most of the time. He'd been used to, like, dealing being that person. But he finally believes that Katniss and Peeta can survive. He finally thinks, hey, I have some tribunes who probably can do this. This will be great. So he actually puts time into it. He teaches Katniss how to speak publicly. Um, he actually spent more time training Katniss because he thought she had a way better chance of surviving. Um, she was a lot fiercer, whereas Peeta was this bread maker's kid who had never fought well, a day in his life. Uh, yeah, and I also think like Kat- Katniss actually needed more training on how to speak to people rather than Peta. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, she, she's not one for authority. She doesn't really yeah. care much. She just... So even even though she, what, like, he probably thought that as well, like, he, you know, like, Katniss definitely had more of a chance, but still, like, she did need, need more training. Yeah, she was... Peta was probably... Peta was fine. <laughs> yeah, she just, she didn't, she was not used to dealing with the public. She yeah. dealt within, in the hob with the black market. She could talk to them. She could talk to mm-hmm. regular people. Whereas Peter was more put together because he was the baker's kid. Mm-hmm. So he was forced to be around people all the time and talk to them and haggle and do all these things and had like a public persona, whereas Katniss was very dark and twisty, yes. difficult, crazy and everything. He did not think that Peter would survive. He assumed that Peter would die rather quickly. So he didn't waste a whole lot of time training him for the 74th one. And then he actually talks with Katniss and they come up with the Star Cross Lovers Act. He does work really hard to get them sponsors and to get them the things they need. Um, he's really picky about how he deals with Katniss because he only sends her, doesn't send her what she needs. He sends her things that will push her to go do something else. Yeah. So instead of sending her water, he sends her, when she was near a river, he sent her her medicine. Yeah. You know, different things to push her to continue on and going on to the next thing. So then they come up with the star Sent her the little spoke to put into the... Yeah. Into the tree. Yep. But he was just kind of trying to push her along and he withheld items. 
mm-hmm. if, if she didn't behave the way that she should have behaved. Mm-hmm. She's got a couple things where she's really defiant with a couple of people. Kind of, I think there's one point where she says something to the cameras above them or whatever, and so yeah. he actually withholds like the medicine for a while. Yeah. And only gives it to her when he believes that, okay, hey, she's really going to die if we don't do this now. But he worked really hard to do that. He, <laughs> there's also a point where they're actually when they're on the train and he's drinking heavily. You, you mentioned this one because it's your favorite scene. Do you want to describe it? No. Okay. <laughs> he's drinking and he says something offhandedly. And so I, I believe it's, it's PETA who actually knocks the drink out of his hand. Oh, yeah. And he goes to reach for the bottle and... That's beautiful. <laughs> goes to reach for the bottle and Katniss actually like stabs a knife in the table. Yes. And it's like, no. And he says, listen, if you let me drink, I will do everything I can for you. Because I'm a lot better drunk than I am sober. Which and is true. yeah, he's not wrong. Like you said, I mean, from his grief and everything he had going on, drinking was the only thing that kept him sane-ish. So yeah. And thinks, whoa, these kids are legit. They knock that glass out of my hand. They stab the table. They could stab people. Who knows? That that was also the moment that he decided that Katniss would survive. Mm. He, he saw how quick she was to do what she did. That he was like, okay, she she might actually have a chance here. She knows how to use something. She's not just a, some savage from the hob. So hunting really cool. outside of District Twelve. Correct. <laughs> so obviously we know Katniss wins. They do this whole star-crossed lovers thing that her and Hamish came up with because she wanted to save PETA. That whole thing. Um, so the 75th Hunger Games comes around and it's the third quarter quell. So this is, again, double the tribunes, all of that. But, however, President Snow decides the tributes will come from the exi- existing victors, which has never happened before. They've never pulled from those people because they've already paid their dues. That's how the rules go. But well, Snow's fucked, so. 100%. I mean, it needs to be drowned in the bathtub full of acid. He's already poisoning himself, so. It's, yeah, very true. So Katniss goes to, uh, they have what's called Victor's Village, where all the victors live. And she goes over to Hamish's house, and it's just filled with dirty bottles. It's not kept. There's dust everywhere. He's passed out on the couch. She wakes him up. She, like, throws water in his face, shakes the shit out of him. She's like, get up, we need to talk. And he's like, okay, shit, shit, what up? Let me just take a shot of whiskey, and then we'll talk. And in that conversation, she makes Hamish promise her that it, that he will volunteer to take Peter's place if he is reaped. Which, and Hamish tells her at that point, he says, but if if I get called, you already know that Peter's going to volunteer. Mm, and she yeah. says, that's fine, we can deal when that comes, but if he gets reaped, you have to. You absolutely have to volunteer. And so Hamish agrees. Says, fine, I'll do this for you, you've done so much for me, whatever. Yeah, wipe your tears away. <laughs> so they agree with that obviously we know it doesn't matter because Peter does Hamish doesn't get called and Peter volunteers so now they're mm-hmm. both in it Katniss being the only remaining female is automatically she's, raped she didn't it, oh my gosh in the movie it was like it had the huge glass bowl which just tiny piece of paper little piece of paper and then you know it goes because if they don't know <laughs> it's exactly. gonna be <laughs> but Effie uh, Effie Trinkets Effie, yeah emotion when she yes. does that though because she comes to love them so much mm-hmm. because she just she finally she finally gets it clicks yeah. for her i think elizabeth banks was an excellent choice oh yes i, I could not have pictured anyone playing yes. it better maybe glenn close would have killed it as well but just her, her yeah. whole emotion during that whole thing yes. and like her just like seeing the evolution of in the first one when she was just so perky and so happy yeah. and just calling names and then the odds be ever in your favor her emotion pulling out katniss's name is just it's so upsetting because she just says Katniss Everdeen, mm-hmm. you know, and that whole emotion when she walks up. It's, it's, I have goosebumps thinking about that. It was really intense. So, obviously, we know how the 75th games played out. Honestly, I think it's one of the coolest books because the arena is so incredibly awesome. Mm-hmm. The clock concept, 
blew yeah. my mind. It was crazy. It, it was so incredible, and I think Bees Nuts is one of my, I think that's how you say his name. He was one of my favorite characters, and I don't, I can't tell you the name of the actor of the guy who played it, but it's exactly how I pictured it, uh, reading the books. He's just so clever and so quirky, and like it's, it's just an incredible concept of the clock and the different disasters happening and everything that goes on with that. Hands down, one of my favorites. Obviously, that whole thing blows up, so then we get to the rebellion. Hamish actually starts planning the rebellion, according to the books, according to the wiki, according to the fandom pages. He started planning it actually during the 75th Hunger Games. He started talking to people and was like, hey, this is obviously something's got to change. We have to do something at this point because these kids are have been through everything. Like second they announced that they're going to pull from the victors, Hamish immediately starts plotting this whole plan. So he begins planning everything. And then after the events of the 75th Hunger Games, the alliance, the blowing up the force field, etc., Hamish actually informs, so after they pull Katniss out and they're on the ship, she actually informs him like, hey, I'm just really, you know, this is what's going on. This is what happened. Um, Pete has been captured. Katniss flips her shit. Well, yeah. She attacks him, claws his face. She has to be sedated and put down. Well, put down. She has to be tied down. Whoa. <laughs> she has to be tied down to be constrained because she's just so beyond it because she made Hamish promise her that he would take care of Peter. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Peter's been captured at this point. There's nothing that they can do. They did everything they could, but Katniss had to be the one to come out because she is the Mockingjay. But then he eventually works with Katniss to like do the whole Mockingjay and is with her through the whole process of like, hey, you have to do this. You know, we got to do do these shots for all of that. And he basically just laughs at her for the most part. He just continually laughs at her every time she tries to do an acting scene or something because she's just not cut out for it. And he knows it. I mean, it's, it's quite it's quite funny, honestly. <laughs> it's, it is hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. You so. take this really, like, battle-worn person and you're like, hey, go put on this hat and dance in these shoes. And she's just not capable of it. And he knows that her rage is her biggest motivator. So yes. he just continually laughs at her and says, well, this isn't going to work. Like, you suck. You know, it's, it's one of those things like tough love. Almost. Right. Um, it's also, like I said, it's pretty freaking funny. It actually um, is funny. <laughs> yeah, like seeing it portrayed in the movies, I was like, okay, now I understand what they were talking about. You know, because it's hard to picture in your head in the books because you're just reading it like, oh, yeah, she did a terrible job and Hamish laughed at her. Yeah. You know, whereas the movie, it's like she gets up there and she's like, I can't read cue cards. Oh, an arrow. You know, <laughs> like that, that's obviously. And she just like looks around like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing yeah. that. <laughs> right. And it's is actually. good? <laughs> We did it? Yeah. Okay. Well, and, it, and so it becomes Hamish's idea to actually put her in uh, an actual battle. Yes. Um, put her on the scene so that way they can get raw footage of her because she's going to do whatever she can to protect whoever she can because she's got this big sister complex, mm-hmm. um, this whole PETA complex, and this whole... This whole almost like a god. Well, I mean, it is a whole complex, okay? The boy's a, a weakling, okay? And she's just, for whatever reason, can't kill the animal in the woods, personally. Well. I know you love PETA, but somebody should have put him down. So... <laughs> I understand his strengths. I do. Man. If you're going to bite back, bite back. Now is the time. Defend him. I just want to (laughs) say that had it not been for PETA, Katniss would be dead. Had it not been for the ability to play the star-crossed lover's card, was it taking advantage of him and his emotions? Yes, very much so. Was it life or death, though? Also, yes. So she had to. But I think that... He had skills and attributes that were helpful to the team, but as somebody who is in a battle to fight to the death, maybe not top-notch. I mean, he technically used his skills to paint himself into the rock Mm -hmm. and hid himself so he didn't get killed. Had he not been injured, he probably could have made it, or at least been like one of the last two. And then Which he, he would have had to take some form of action at that point. Correct. <laughs> but, so who knows so, how I that would have worked that's, out. That's fair. Absolutely. So I feel, but I feel like it's both ways. Like 
I don't know that if PETA died, if Katniss would have been able to win. And we know that PETA wouldn't have won without Katniss, so. Yeah, absolutely. So. That's insane. He, like, it's some portions of it, he feels like dead weight, and then he does something, and you're like, okay, that's why you're around. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I was getting at. I'm not saying just kill him I off. Mean, but, I mean, technically, you did say just <laughs> okay. put him down. I did. It did. So, <laughs> we have it on record. I mean, Aww. he gave her, <laughs> Execute me. he tossed her bread into a wet puddle as it was storming so oh. that she could have okay, Peter did save food. did save her life, so maybe she owed him a debt or something. So I and think, I could see that. Like, and I think that was her driving force mm-hmm. beside, behind, like, protecting him and trying to make sure that he and survived. she you know? grew to yeah. love him. I think so. she loved him as like a brother, like fr- friendly, familial. I didn't say time. what type of love. Plan, I just I said like, she did grow to love. I think people she, wish that it was different, but I like, think it was in a very different, like you know those videos where you see like somebody stops because there's a kitten on the side of the road, and they take it in and they love it. Oh and my they, god! Hold on, hold on, let me get there. Let me get there. They take it and they they get it back to health and they love it and now it's part of their family. Like it's, it's just their drive to like take care of it, make sure it sees it, see like it prosper. That's how I view Peta for Katniss. Like she found him and her whole goal was to make sure that he survived and did the best he could because all she could see is her little sister at that point. So I'm not saying you guys look at me like I'm a bad person because you literally said put him down and then I changed him to a kitten. Okay. I also want to say that hi that you also said. That, um, I just lost my train of thought. I'm oh, just sorry. saying, he's, he's no. basically a kid. You yeah, said I, I mean, I that understand where you're coming from. I get it, yes. But you literally said put him down. Because he slows down the whole process. We could have done okay. without the love story. Okay, no, what was I just talking about, about with Lord of the Rings? <laughs> it's not the same. Boom! It's not, not the same. Mic drop. PETA is a kitten you find on the side of the road. That is facts, okay? She has to protect him and she has to make sure that he survives because it is her only goal in life. That is it. So yes, PETA helped her survive. Survived. <laughs> but it doesn't change the facts, Okay. But she had the meeting with Hamish prior to going into the games about to playing the star-crossed the lovers. Because she knew it would help her survive. She'd be in the exactly. game for herself. Well, of course. What? Now what are we talking about? Because I, I agree that she'll survive about herself, but that's why he was integral to the whole ordeal. I'm not saying he wasn't an important part of it. He just should have been put down. But he should have just put, the been put down early happened. on. I said what said. I said. Yeah, but then you said, I oh, I took it back, but now you're just going to I'm not taking it back. I'm simply saying that his character, to me, personally, could have been killed off in the second one, and I wouldn't have cared. He's not really integral to the last portion of it, and the ending Yes, he is. He's turned oh against Katniss. Yeah, he's used as a tool. Yes, he he's, he, he's the, the whole one? driving force of why Katniss goes after the Capitol. She does that to free everybody, though. It's not just, just because... Yeah, but she it. sees what he's going through and pisses her off so much that Rachel. she's like... Let's go. All right, fair point. Fine. He's upgraded to a puppy. First of all, how <laughs> dare you put puppies before kittens? Now we're on a whole no, new. Puppies now we're on, more work, nope, that's all. Now we're on a whole new argument. <laughs> we'll talk about this after. Yes. So let's talk about after the war. So after the, everything that goes down, what happens after everything is said and done? What does Hamish do? Because that's who we're talking about, not Peter. We're talking about Hamish. You're the one who brought Peter. I did. You I did. It was integral. It was a conversation piece. After the war, Hamish goes back to drinking consistently. He is literally back to being like, eh, well, I'm going to be drunk all the time now. You know, who cares what happens to the world? He actually uh, goes on to raise geese. <laughs> that's his pastime. <laughs> he goes 
on the Redskins. And all of his money is made from the money, that, the monthly allowance that they're given as victors to survive. Oh, I thought so, you were going to say that he sells the geese eggs. He probably does. But he's probably too drunk to even know they lay eggs. He just raises them. <laughs> so all I can do is just eat things. That's fair. That's very fair. So some fun facts about Hamish. He is the only known victor alive after the Mockingjay who did not participate in the games. He is literally the only one that's alive. That's it. So well, him and Katniss and Pete, obviously, but they. But like the, the, the like the games that just happened. Files, Correct. Like, yeah. Correct. Right. So he's yeah. So he's the only one left alive. So he's literally the oldest. He's the only tribute to be reaped twice for two quarter quills. But, of course, Peter takes away the second one because he volunteers. He outlived 47 tributes, which is the longest in Pan Am. Wow. So there are 47 tributes before him that died. So he has literally outlived them all. And maybe that's because he's drunk all the time. Hell I know. Mean, he doesn't process anything. He just gets probably. hammered. Which is fun. His last name is actually taken from, a, uh, from the character from Guys and Dolls, the musical. Um, it's a Scottish last name, but that was their, like, um, one of her, um, the author's favorite, one of her favorite musicals. So Mm -hmm. she pulled the last name from them as like a tribute. His most famous quote throughout the entire series is something he says, um, almost immediately to Katniss with, uh, here's some advice, stay alive. And frankly, he lives his own advice because he outlives everybody. Yeah. So that, that is my main character who is Hamish. And I understand we got on a small PETA tangent. I'm sure we will revisit this on multiple occasions. We'll also revisit the upgrade of the puppy from... I just meant the okay. puppy's more work than the I don't kid. care. You know that I hold hat cats in the highest regards. Well, clearly in the statement, you didn't. <laughs> so. I was hated. <sighs> but Hamish is one of the most badass characters. He uh, He's literally for himself in the majority of the beginning. I mean, he's got such an incredible character arc. To the whole thing of him actually suddenly giving a crap and being like, oh, hey, we have a shot. Uh, maybe he's just a person of opportunity at that point because he knew Katniss actually had a real chance of surviving, which is not something that happens for District 12. Everything goes downhill. Everything be- below District 6, I believe. District 7 might be up there, too. Uh, but everybody below them are all, like, the manufacturing, the silks, yeah. the farmers, those kind of things. Like, well, I think Ruth's from District 3. So it's, there's only, like, four or five districts that are considered, like, career tributes. Like, they literally, your kids come out and you're like, hey, screw school. Who cares about math? You need to learn yeah. how to throw a spear. You yeah. need to learn how to dig for your food. You need to learn how to forage and, like, be... you got to get ready for these games. This is what we mm-hmm. do because we sell high-priced things to the capital, which we all know the capital is just a giant conspiracy of people who are oblivious to everything else that's going on in the world, like most people are. Can I just bring up that while we are talking, I remembered that in the capital they have the... What is it? The food they eat or the pills they take so that they mm-hmm. can throw, throw up, up to eat more food. Yes. Iwa, and also, like, obviously insensitive to all of the other districts that are struggling, Mm -hmm. but... But they don't care about that, because they don't... They don't don't ever witness... They don't need to They don't ever witness any of that The capital's what's, like, on TV. The the, the only only thing they witness is the Hunger Games, and you gotta wonder how much of that is censored on top of that, but I'm sure... It's just like gladiator fights. You know, you keep them entertained, so that way they don't question Mm -hmm. what you're doing. And the only bad thing that they went through is when, you know, the rebellion happened. And they didn't know what to do because they never lived in a in a place that they needed to go and hide or go mm-hmm. and like survive off of their own well being. Like yeah. they just had everything I mean, and, handed to them. Well, and that's exactly and that, that's like when Hamish going back to his drinking. It's because it's the same level of bliss to him. Mm-hmm. Because if he is drunk, then he doesn't have time to focus on what's really happening and right. what's what's going on or deal with any of his emotions mm-hmm. or any of that. 
and takes a real Irish way out of it and says, that didn't happen, it's fine. Oh, that didn't I feel happen. like that's why most people... Yeah, think. absolutely. I mean, like you said, you can justify it because how much murder and death that he witnessed and how much mm-hmm. pain that he go through and everything that happened to him. And then on top of that, being told, then, hey, you have to train these kids who yeah. are going to die. And then watch them continuously die year after year after year after year. Regardless I mean, of what like you, you do. Like, you can't yeah. get invested because they're, they're just going to die. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like, what's the point in trying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the, the attitude more. he takes towards the whole thing. He's just like, it doesn't really matter. You know, he was 16 years old when he went to the arena. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he just assumed, like, I'm going to die. Like, there's nothing that I can do. I'm not trained for this. I, I know how to, I have skills. I know how to use a knife. I know how to use a blowtorch. Those sort of things. I know how to survive, but I may not be able to survive but against somebody who's been training since mm-hmm. they were three years old right. to tie a knot with their tongue or whatever, <laughs> you know. I'm sorry, I'm trying to think of something sorry, absurd. That was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of something absurd. You know, so I, I get his character arc is incredible. Just watching yes. him from somebody who's come from all of this garbage, basically, mm-hmm. and being able to pull himself up enough to stop caring about himself and care yes. about something else. Uh, like you said, yeah. getting invested in somebody else and somebody else's future, mm-hmm. and then taking a huge part in the rebellion, which he never yeah. would have ever done before. No. He would have just crawled into his hobble and pretend that nothing else was happening. I've got geese to raise. That sort of thing, you know? And I, I, I like, the other really great character arc as well was Effie because, you know, she was, like, we had talked about, like, in the beginning, she was just, like, the classic, like, capital person. But by, you know, the second book, she's already, already seeing, like, oh, I have affection for these kids. Like, I see what's going on. I see what's happening. Because she travels around with them to every single district and sees the kind of the uprising that is coming. And so I think she also, I mean, man, when she had to give all of her stuff away, when she had to live in District 13, it was a sad moment. Along, I, I understood what she had to go through for that, even though it was, like, very materialistic, but, like, I understood why why she felt the way she felt. Because she's from the capital. Right. She's used to having everything on demand, you know, like, right. oh, well, I ate too much. Boop. Right on the turkey. You yeah. know? Um, so, and I think you kind of noticed it, too, in the first book. Literally within the first um, couple weeks of the train mm-hmm. ride there, she suddenly develops this really, I can't think of the word, attachment. Yes. To... Peta and yeah. Katniss, especially Peta. Yeah. She she looks at him and she, she just immediately loved, yeah. wants to save him, which is yeah. his character. I think that's the whole point mm-hmm. is that he pulls towards humanity at, at its mm-hmm. finest because mm-hmm. Peta's only goal is to save Katniss at the end right. of the day. The only person he cares about saving mm-hmm. is her. He doesn't care what happens to anything else. Right. But her, her attachment to him alone, I think, it, just before they get off the train, like, she's sad yeah when she has, sends him off to go do arena stuff. Like, mm-hmm. she just is immediately upset about the whole process. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she's got a beautiful character arc. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that was, that was the end one I had. So. I do want to take a quick second to mention, just since we talked a lot about Hamish's trauma and leading him to alcoholism, that we do understand that alcoholism is not a choice. It is a disease through emotional or physical need of dependency on alcohol. And so I just want to say that since I know I'll... It's something a lot of people either struggle with or have many loved ones that struggle with alcoholism. On a little of a happier note, I would like to point out that Josh Hutcherson is, only lives like an hour away from my hometown. So, so oh no way! I mean, gonna like <laughs> hang out or like, <laughs> I mean, he, he, he like he, at his house? No, no, no. <laughs> he's 
from Kentucky. I'm from Ohio, but still it was only a little hour away. But like it's, you know. So like is he still there? No. Boo. That's really unfortunate. I mean, why would he go back to a small town in Kentucky when he could? Why does Ashton Kutcher live in Ankeny, Iowa? Because it's Ashton Kutcher. That's where my family lives. Literally, he could go wherever (laughs) he wants. And if he wants to live in Iowa, then he can live in Iowa. Fair, fair enough. I will say Josh Hutchinson was uh, the perfect pull for him. Yes. Um, I was, I just, I remember, like, I'd finished the books probably a couple months prior to that. I think I was actually rereading the first one whenever I saw the first trailer for the very Mm -hmm. first one. And I saw who they cast, and I remember seeing his him as that character, and I went, that's yes. everything. That's I think they literally did exactly really, how yes. I pictured it. I think they did a really great, great job at casting every single character mm-hmm. in there, whether they had different hair or different eyes, but... Yeah, the guy that still plays Caesar, the, the, What they actually... Yeah, I don't remember what his name but is. He's, but he's a well-known actor. Yeah. Like he, he did that. He did that spot. So incredibly I, well. Yeah, and, uh, I think Lenny they Kravitz all did did it so well to to what their character, their personalities, and what they would they would do. Yeah, absolutely, and it was exactly how I pictured them too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, versus like where the Twilight series, like I didn't imagine any of them no. looking the way that they did. I didn't see that coming. Like really. compared to the books and the movies, I just mm-hmm. had a hard time picturing it as the same thing. But with, with the Hunger Games, I think they just cast extremely well. They were very thoughtful in the way they did that. couple qualms that I have with the movies versus the books. Um, obviously don't care for the fact that they divided up the last one. Um, didn't care for that. But I feel like they needed to they get to. everything in there, just like with every other trilogy. And that was the point, too. I think Harry Potter was coming out with their last film as well, yeah. and they split it up into two. And so that was a thing at the time. Like, oh, split these movies in two. We can make more money. We can get our story across. We, can, we have time for the effects, and we can actually get our message across well. In the first movie, how she gets the pen in the book, she actually gets it from the mayor's daughter, who is also a friend of hers in the book. It's the only female friend that she knows. They're not, like, close friends, but they're friends. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually receives the pen from her versus getting it from her sister in the, bo- in the book, or in the movie, excuse me. But get why they did that. They cut a character. Stanley Tucci. Is that his name? Yeah. I would never would have guessed that. <laughs> no. He's been in so many so things, many I just things. couldn't remember what his name was. <laughs> yeah, I, I would never guess that. I didn't know his name was Stanley. That's funny. I don't know Sorry. what Stan Lee's hilarious. So that bothered me. Um, I don't know if I just didn't pick up the love triangle between Gail, Peta, and Katniss um, in the books. I just, I didn't pick it up at all. I, it completely went over my head um, at that point. But I, in the, and in the movie, they, you know, it's, it's real heavily present, the love triangle. And I, like I said, I just, I never picked that up in the book. I mean, I think it was mostly so heavily prevalent because Snow was basically was pressuring her and making it, you know, pressuring Cadness and, you know, making it more prevalent because Snow wanted what Snow wanted. And yeah, if that and was if that was the way to get Cadness to do something, then that was going to be it. Well, and they, they also used it to push this whole jealousy concept with Gale, um, which really developed his character because in the book yes. he's kind of flat. Yeah. I mean, he's there, he does stuff. Um, again, maybe that's why I didn't pick up on the love triangle originally, mm-hmm. because in the book, I don't feel like he's heavily prevalent. I mean, yeah, he's there, he's, he's there. her best friend, he says he's going to save her. I mean, obviously, they're very close, all of that. I haven't, I haven't read the books in a while, oh, so I don't, re- I don't remember exactly how his character was portrayed in the books. It's almost like, I feel like definitely after her first Hunger Games, he, he drops out a little bit. And that, that has to do with the whole star-crossed lovers thing. Um, yeah. You know, it's that whole, the guy best friend is always in love with her, mm-hmm. and vice versa. I also think maybe 
the the triangle kind of was because Cadmus didn't want Gail to leave. So she was kind of making it a little more to her own benefit. Right, like because so many, so, much, so many things in her life at that point had disappeared right. or were taken from her. Right. Um, and so she was constantly fearing for everything she had, but Gail was always her one constant, yeah. no matter what. So I don't know technically if Cadmus loved either one of them in the sense of like a romantic type of love until like the end or whatever. But um, it's, it's just that deep family tone. Like, yeah. This is her family. These are people she has to protect. She's been the protector of her own family. Right. For so she's long because her mom She's was definitely not the heroine. So, I mean. Absolutely. So, I, I think that's cool. Um, and I think that might have been why, you know, Gail pushed himself into the whole rebellion as hard as he mm-hmm. did. He immediately just completely devoted himself. My third issue with the book is in the movie, in the very first one, the third one, they spend about two minutes, I think, the opening scene. Oh, I guess it's not the opening scene, but one of the ones she after she gets to District 13, they show her crying in the vent. They spent a good portion of that third half of the, or first half of the third book, talking about her dealing with all the PTSD and the guilt and everything and hiding in those vents. And I just don't think they did a good job of portraying that. Like, I, I was rather disappointed. I think that's why I didn't watch the second one of the third. And I just felt like that was so huge to the plot line and yes. who she was as a character. In the third one, you or in the second of the last movie, you do see more of that. Okay. Maybe I, yeah, maybe I need to give so. it a shot and actually watch it. But, I mean, I just remember being so disappointed by that because I felt like that was such a... I, don't, I think it's one of those things that like, I resonated with so hard as because of where I was at that point mm-hmm. in my life to, like, what she was going through. Yeah. That it just, it had a huge impact on me. Mm-hmm. And I just felt it and I felt so connected to her and that whole story and where she was at that it just kind of disappointed me that they didn't spend more time right. focusing on that. I understand why they did. They didn't do it. And I, I get how that yeah. helped push the storyline along and how it wasn't really necessary because they could cover that in a short amount of time. Whereas in the book, it's a lot longer and when it goes mm-hmm. through all of her training and everything that she goes through versus in the movie where it's just like, well, yeah, she had her sad moment. She went training twice and now we're here. Where she spent majority of her time training, training uh, Primrose, training right. other people to fight and to do things and like be this actual badass woman. Where right. in the movie, I feel like they just showed her as like completely falling apart. Right. Which she was. Yeah. I mean, you do see her training and you do see her doing that stuff, but it's just like in any other movie that become or in any other book that becomes a movie, you can't spend all of that it's all a quick of montage. the movie time right. to focus on that. That's why it's a book and not a movie. You know, or that's why. Yeah, I absolutely. Like I, like I said, I understand. So, I get why they did it the yeah. way they did. Um, you definitely see her training. I think like two or three times. Um, I feel like you definitely see yeah. her training, but she's constantly escaping from that. Yeah. You know, it's just. I, I think. I do think so like now that you've had time to get over a little bit, you never get over anything. Okay. Filled with rage. Um, had time Work to settle with no. to 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 be <laughs> at um, marinate. And yep. those feelings. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Um, with the first part of Mockingjay. Um, now that you, we should like watch the second part, and then you can see how you feel, because I feel like they did do a good job. I mean, like I said, it was one of the most accurate book-to-movies I've ever seen. Yeah. And they did such a good job at hitting all those keynotes and doing those things. It was just subtle changes here and there, which, again, which, understand yes. why. Their yes. budgets, their movies, these are real-time right. jobs and things to do. And I think maybe God. some I think some of them, like, some subtle changes, it's better off, like, written 
than, than actually actual, like yeah. portraying it like in a movie. Some th- like some of those things are very hard to like actually like put into sight, like <laughs> watching. Correct. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um, so I do think that you should watch the part two. All right, I'll give it another. Uh, I'll see <laughs> what I can do. I told you I was gonna watch Star Wars. That's fair. Great. But when I text I you, very ragey, <laughs> just understand. I know you haven't watched it yet, and I'm disappointed, but it doesn't matter because I described the whole been, thing to you. There's been lots of things, my God. I've, I, listen, I've also watched all of the Star Wars cartoons. So I've, We're you know, given that a shot. I'll take what I can get at this point. There we go. You're welcome. So now you have to watch part two of Mahu J. All right, I'll give it a go. But that's Hamish Abernathy. Um, incredible character. The Game of Thrones, or the Hunger Games series. Wow. I know, kill me. Put me down. Yes, signed a rude. Execute. Did we just come up with a new hamstring, guys? Yeah. Are we best friends? Yes. <laughs> cool, well, thanks Any- for tuning in, friends. Yeah, thanks for listening. ever in your favor. Yes, they may. And we hope that you tune in next week and you have a great rest of your weekend. We have a really exciting one coming next week. We do, we do. Uh, it's going to be on our, one of their favorite topics, which we'll leave yep. undisclosed yes. until next week. Check out our Instagram. Uh, at nerdly underscore informant. We'll give you a little sneak peek, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. A winkity wink. <laughs> um, <laughs> nerdly yours, guys. <laughs>